Hello everyone, this is Andre, the co-founder of Twins Tours and Travel in Jerusalem in Israel, born into a Christian Maronite family, and I'm a licensed tour guide and ordained minister of the gospel. I have been leading numerous groups throughout the Holy Land for almost 20 years. Also, I'm an author of several books and you can find them in Amazon. And one of the first books I wrote called One Friday in Jerusalem speaks about my life story. So join me for a journey of 10 days to understand the heart and the mind of Jesus and to understand the Bible in a deeper way with more details through the Middle Eastern perspective. Please share this podcast with your friends and families and churches and connect with me if you have any questions. Welcome everyone to day two of the tour. We are in Herodion National Park inside the bus and we are driving all the way to the shepherd fields. And on our way down the hill, if you notice to the left side, you see an IDF army base. IDF stands for Israel Defense Forces and we are actually in Area C and let me give you the history behind it and according to the Oslo Second Accord that was first signed in Taba, Taba is the Sinai Peninsula, in 24th of September 1995 between the Prime Minister Itzhak Rabin, the Israeli Prime Minister and the PLO Chairman Yasser Arafat and that Oslo record was and that signature was witnessed by the US President Bill Clinton at that time as well as by representatives in Russia and Egypt from Jordan Norway and the European Union and according to this Oslo record they divided the land Israel occupied West Bank into three administrative divisions or areas called Area A, Area B, Area C. So literally we will be driving in 15 minutes from Area C all the way to Area A. Area C being Jewish and Area A being Palestinian and B in between. And let me go to more details right now. Area A is exclusively administered by the Palestinian Authority, which means the complete autonomy to the Palestinians, the complete uh, army to the Palestinians, and everything is under the Palestinian Authority and under the Palestinian control totally and completely. And usually the IDF soldiers, the Israel Defense Forces, they have to coordinate with the Palestinian security forces in order if they want to enter to these areas for security reasons. And these areas are like Bethlehem, we're heading to Nablus, Jenin, Ramallah, and Jericho. And uh, by the way, entering into this area is completely forbidden to Israeli citizenship. But just to note on the side, drivers, Jewish drivers, have special permission to go and enter these sites, these locations, especially Area A. Area B, in between. And actually, Area B is administered by both the Palestinian Authority and Israel. And this includes around 440 Palestinian villages that are located in Area B. 
So it's an area in between shared by both sides, Israel and Palestine. And then we come to area C, area C, which contains all the Israeli locations and uh, which contains also all the Israeli settlements and all is administered by Israel. For example, Tiberias is a Jewish town, for example, Caesarea is another Jewish town, Tel Aviv, so all are purely Jewish towns, which is Area C. But let me just give you a big idea and to summarize, Area a and B were chosen in such a way as to just contain Palestinians and by drawing lines around Palestinian populations and the agreement was signed and all areas surrounding area A and B were defined as uh, to be containing only Jews. So that's the big picture. Of course, I'll be explaining all of this and using the map and showing what I'm talking about, which areas A, B, and C on the map inside the bus on our way to the shepherd's fields. By this time, I'm looking at my group and I'm noticing that they are <laughs> totally confused and they have no idea what I'm mumbling about. And I asked them, are you confused? And they will answer yes. So when they answer yes, we are confused. I said, you are in the right place and it's okay to be confused and it will be clear day by day and uh, the more you learn the more it will be much more easier to understand and i turn back to the subject because we are heading now to the palestinian christian village called beit sahur beit bait in aramaic and hebrew means a house you will notice in scripture uh, this word is used a lot beit sahur beit lechem beit saida beit anya which is bethany Anytime you hear the word bait, bait in Aramaic or bait in Hebrew, it means a house, a household. And this household is small. Maybe 300 people lives in it in this uh, bait or 350 at most 400. Maybe Bet Sahur village was like 200 people, not more than that. But if you hear the word kfar, K-F-A-R, like kfar nahum, which you know by Capernaum, Kfar is a bigger, bigger than a village, is a like a town. Anyway, Beit means a house, small, small village. And Sahur, Sahur means from the Aramaic word, the ones who never sleep, the, the sleepless people. And who are the people who do not sleep? The shepherds. So this is Beit Sahur, which means the house of the shepherds. And the shepherds do not sleep because they take care of the flock. And also, this village is in the middle of Boaz fields. And we don't know exactly the location of Boaz fields, but we know that according to tradition, the village is the area of what the Bible mentioned in the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 3, verse 5, about Boaz fields. And, and uh, we are heading to the shepherd's fields, the place where the announcement of Jesus' birth to the shepherds by the angels took place. We are just arriving to the shepherd's fields uh, parking lot and uh, the bus will stop and I will jump so quick before all the group and pay the parking fees for the bus, a gentleman from the Palestinian Authority that works at that location and he collected a fees for 
each bus that approaches to the church and uh, usually he take the license plate of the bus and he takes a number of the bus and the company working and we, he will issue us a receipt and I'll pay him the parking fees and because the bus is not allowed to stay there at the same location because there are other buses will come and drop their groups in order to be organized uh, the bus have to leave and there's another big parking lot where the bus will park and the driver will be with his friends and during the group descending down also from the bus you will notice one or two young boys from the village nearby they'll be carrying on their shoulders and sometimes on their arms a small white beautiful baby lamb and this will attract the attention of all the group immediately and they will come to touch it and say how is sweet this young lamb and this is very fun and cool to see a young young lamb and a sheep and uh, we're gonna talk more about this young lamb and this sheep and we'll understand why this kid is holding this baby lamb here and uh, Follow me, I'll tell them, let's continue. We have to go to the church and we're going to walk. It's around five minutes walk. And the first thing I will do, I will head all the way inside and go through a paved ramp on a small ascending hill that uh, will start to see the small Catholic Shepherd Field Church. And I will stop with the group outside the church and ask the group to look at all the way far to the left side at the far horizon they will see a hill and at the center of the hill they will see the location of old bethlehem i like to do that and show the group the distances because i don't know if you remember earlier we were at herodion and from herodion i showed them jerusalem and the distance between jerusalem and herodion and now we are at the shepherd fields and I want the group to visualize the distance between the shepherd fields where the shepherds walked all the way from here to Bethlehem. And they can visualize the distance. It's around one and a half hour, like one hour, uh, even one hour, 15 minutes walk. And sometimes I walk it with groups that are young all the way from the shepherd fields all the way to Bethlehem just to feel and understand the walk that the shepherds took it is only around two miles walk that's all and now i'm standing outside the facade you know what is the facade the facade is the main entrance of the church the first uh, wall you can see from outside of a church called the facade and i will start to teach the group about some history all this area belonged to the Franciscan Church and the Franciscan Church has been here for almost more than 800 years and St. Francis of Assisi is the founder of the Franciscan order, Franciscan Church that have so many orders in it and 1227 a young man from Assisi from Italy he decided to follow Jesus and come to the Holy Land and become pious and he have only one robe on him with a rope it's like a, a rope surrounding his tummy and it's like a belt and he sold everything his father was really really rich and he owned a lot of land I don't know if you've been in a season before 
and the church is the top of a mountain and inside that church in Assisi there is his tomb and his bones buried there anyway he came to the Holy Land in uh, as I said 1227 and he founded the Franciscan order now this church we are seeing the Shepherd's Fields was built in 1953 under the guidance of the architect Antonio Barluzzi He's a very important Franciscan monk, also was born 1884 and he was, his job was an Italian architect who became known by the name the architect of the Holy Land. His work is evident in uh, all the churches and most of the churches in the land. Sorry, not all of them, but most of them. And you can see his work at the Garden of Gethsemane Church and Mount Tabor Church and the Mount of Transfiguration that people know and at the Mount of Beatitude Church, the Sermon on the Mount, the Tomb of Lazarus in Bethany and many, many other churches. And by the way, this chapel uh, was, was contributed and donated by the Canadian government and the church in Canada is the shape of a nomadic shepherd tent and is surrounded by a small stairy dome. And in the center, you're gonna see an altar inside the church. And uh, below the altar, there is an image of the maple leaf of Canada. And this is why it represents Canada. And inside the chapel, uh, there are uh, three mosaic pictures are very important to see. And the first mosaic will is to the right side of the altar and it shows Jesus and holding a sheep on his shoulder and uh, it is a, actually it's a shepherd also and Jesus is a shepherd too and the sheep on his shoulder and the one in the center in the back of the altar at the center there is another mosaic showing Jesus in a manger which we're gonna talk about it and his birth and to the left side the most important mosaic we see the angel appearing to the shepherds and announcing the, about the birth of Christ. And so many tour guides are not allowed, we are not allowed to explain inside the church because it's a place of worship and most of the time this is a tiny chapel, tiny church and is crowded by groups and most of the tour guides prefer and especially like I prefer singing some worship songs related to the shepherds and the sheep inside this chapel and I ask from the people just most of the time to worship this worship song everyone knows about joy to the world and I tell all the group to start singing and usually there's one or two that are really have good voices I ask from them to lead the song and I just kind of read for you some verses of the song you can sing it but I can't sing if I sing earthquake will take place you don't need me to sing and this is what I tell my groups anyway joy to the world the Lord is come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him's room and heaven and nature sing I love seeing groups worshiping this song and it brings joy and by the way this hymn uh, was by the English writer Isaac Watts and it's based on Psalm 98 and he used it like uh, also based on uh, Genesis 3 17 and 18 and the song was first published in 1719 I know this is too much information but I think it's a good information for you to know 
after finishing reciting this uh, lovely worship song and everyone is full of joy I will leave the church and I will start walking down a few steps on the right side of the church and there is a small uh, ramp to walk towards the largest archaeological area of an ancient monastery ever found in the history of the land and this dates back to the 4th and 5th century a huge monastery and there is a lot of archaeology and a lot of treasures in that monastery it's not much excavated but what I do, I like to walk in this archaeological area and lead the group to a view of the shepherd fields and, and walk all the way down through these rusty, slippery, iron-paved stairs and uh, to arrive to a small cave. And the group will not know what I'm doing. I'm taking an offbeat track just not to do the normal thing because it's boring all the time to do the same thing and we're gonna go all together to explain about the shepherd fields inside this cave where the shepherd used to lay the sheep inside of course all the group are following me and i tell them just be careful because uh, the cave is not clean and uh, it's a full of uh, white soft chalk stones and this is the remains of the limestone and i prepare the group just get ready to be messy and <laughs> it's dark inside the cave but it's very safe and advise all of the group to use their flashlights if they don't have the flashlights on them which mostly they don't have they have their iphones and i put the tell them to use their flashlight on their iphones because it's very dark inside and when we go down i tell them be careful of your head Okay, I don't want anyone to knock their heads because it really hurts and the entrance of the cave is very, very like uh, small, the doorway. And everyone will get, what is this guy doing to us? Why he's taking us to all these weird places? But I have a purpose why I'm taking all the group inside this cave. By the way, this is a small cave. But once I fitted more than 50 people in that cave and I will tell everyone to be seated and I don't want anyone to stand because in my mind this will be a good teaching and this will be a long teaching and I want people to focus so when they are seated they are just really really much more paying attention and this teaching will be around like uh, half an hour of course I will not tell the group it's around half an hour because they will hate me it's smelly in the cave it's not so much clean but but it's so much important the teaching they will receive and when everyone is quiet i will start teaching i'm aware i'm stretching the group a little bit but it's okay to be stretched and to go out of their comfort zone because i want them to understand really the background of the story of the sheep and shepherd and i will open my bible and i'll start reading from luke chapter 2 from verse 8 to verse 15 and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 11. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, 
the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I will explain for you the background of the story. And I will start first by speaking about the culture of the shepherds. Do you know that the shepherds are smelly? Do you know that the shepherds are the least in the community in the Middle East till today? Do you know that the shepherds are considered to be outcasts? And they are not welcomed among the people and they are not welcomed as normal because they are always outside with the sheep. And think about it, God chose shepherds just to go and to see Jesus. Upside down kingdom. The shepherds are lousy. The shepherds are not important and smelly. And by the way, do you know why the shepherds are smelly? Because the shepherd have and carries a sheep. So when he carry and take care of the sheep, he carry also the smell of the sheep. One quick story. Once I welcome a shepherd in the bus. I was in the Judean desert and I have some shepherd friends. And when he entered to the bus to show the group, you know what happened? All the group went all the way back because of his smell. Literally, the smell of the shepherd was almost for like half an hour in the bus even after he left. And when a shepherd have a flock, it consists of both uh, sheep and goats. And both animals were a source of milk, meat, fabrics, and the sheep provided wool for the garments. And we can read about it from Isaiah 7, 21 and 22, Proverbs 27, verse 27 in Leviticus and Exodus. But anyway, the shepherd took care of the sheep in this area for one main reason, for the breeding season. And look what is written in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Why they are outside? Because it's the breeding season. And uh, usually the breeding season in this part of the world is late March and uh, beginning of April. Why? For several reasons. Actually, reason number one, there's a lot of uh, grass outside because there will be a lot of rain during December, January, and February. And in March, if you're in the country, it's all green and blooming. It's the best time to take the flock outside of uh, goats and of uh, uh, sheep and for the breeding season of the sheep and the goats. And actually for their babies, it will be the best weather ever. And this is why we know that they can link the birth of Christ, forget about all these like storms and all these snow or stormy seasons that uh, you know about in the West, in the Middle East, it's the breeding season, it's March and April, and, and this is why the shepherds are out in the fields with the nice weather, and after, after, like the day with the shepherds, 
the all the flock have to go all the way inside the cave and we are inside the cave in the area of the shepherd fields look around you what is this cave used for what do you think it's to put the sheep and it's like uh, also in your language in the western language it's like a basement where you store the, your extra food and where you just have it's a storehouse but in the middle east the cave is used to store the sheep and where the sheep can be safe believe it or not till today in villages here in nearby bethlehem and the shepherd fields until today below the houses you find caves and until today these caves are used for storehouses but the main use of it until today is to keep the flock inside for safety at night and this is what the bible is talking about in verse 8 and you have to understand that sheep are very vulnerable and uh, sheep have no ability to defend themselves apart from the shepherd the shepherd always protect them and sheep have trouble getting along with other sheep sheep will not survive without the shepherd leading them to the green pastures and to the clean still waters sheep are stubborn and difficult to manage and sheep constantly wander away and just want to tell you something we with all respect to everyone we are like sheep we um, let me talk about myself i'm very stubborn sheep thinks that they know everything and they want to do it in their own way so we are exactly like sheep and and allow me to give you some background about sheep i'm comparing myself and I'll give you an example about a sheep do you know that sheep are so much like humans and do you know that sheep are dumb we are not so smart we think ourselves we are so smart but we are not smart let me tell you why because the sheep the sheep they do not see the shepherd you know that the sheep has shorty and when they look with their own eyes scientifically we know that the sheep will say will see only like in gray and black colors not colorful and when they look down because they're shorty they only see each others so they do like each others they follow the crowds like what we do in life and 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 because they only see each others and they don't see the shepherd they only hear the shepherd voice and they recognize his voice we the same thing we do not see god but we hear his voice and how we hear his voice through reading scripture everyone recognize the voice of the shepherd also we always worry like sheep we worry when is our breakfast whenever is our lunch whenever is our dinner and we will go hungry or not is the same thing for me for example i worry a lot <laughs> we're humans right i worry about when is the next group coming and uh, i i will have enough income for the employees or for the staff i worry when is the next one and the other one and we should learn learn not to worry and we should trust trust our shepherd by the way what i'm teaching i'm teaching myself too so i'm learning even in mid of crisis of coronavirus even there's not groups coming i know god is sufficient to support for 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 me even personally so 
I should learn to trust him completely like the sheep. So we should trust completely the shepherd because the shepherd know the exact locations of the green pastures. And if we continue to humble ourselves and follow the shepherd, he will lead us to the waters and we will never lack anything. But again, again, I like shortcuts. You notice during the tour, <laughs> I take the bus through shortcuts. But anyway, anyway, we like shortcuts because the aim of the shepherd is by the end of the day to take us all the way to the top of the mountain and where the top of the mountain is the house of rest where is abundance of everything god want to take me and you all the way to the house of rest but because because we like shortcuts we like to go astray from the sheep and from the shepherd direction and take a shortcut which is much more harder but it's a shortcut to reach to the top of the mountain but the shepherd will take all the sheep through what the bible called the paths of righteousness these are paths in the desert and they are round like walkways that the shepherd have to go all around the mountain it will take much more time to reach the top this is what we call discipline because you will value when you reach to the top with hardships and when you reach to the top and you worked for it but if you take a shortcut to reach to the top and go to the house of rest and gain everything so quick you will not value it there is no discipline we should have discipline in our life and what happens and it happened to me personally many times i like to take the shortcuts and what happened i will stumble on a stone and fall down the sheep will stumble and the shepherd still will come and take her and get her back to the flock to walk through these paths of righteousness which are the discipline to reach the, the top but again god wants us to be at the house of rest let me share with you one more story about uh, shepherds and we are inside this cave and if you look there is only one entrance to this cave and usually the shepherd stays all night half asleep and half awake at the entrance of the cave so i will choose one of the young members in my group and i'll tell them please go there and sit down and sleep so here is the shepherd our shepherd laying down at the entrance of the cave protecting the sheep from the wolves and other animals and other predators and because uh, when the shepherd is there at the entrance, he is half awake, half asleep. And he's alert, which means all the time. And remember I mentioned for you the shepherd fields, Beit Sahur. Sahur literally means the shepherds that do not sleep, which means they are alert all the time. Why they are alert all the time? To protect the sheep from the wolves outside. Because the wolves are so smart. They will go around the cave and start making noises and these all these loud uh, like voices and what happens the sheep as i mentioned are really dumb they will smell the wolves and hear the noises and they start to panic and get anxious and they will totally forget that there is a good shepherd protecting them and still there at the entrance of the cave and they are well protected it's the same like us today in life how much anxiety we have how much we just 
so many times uh, do not depend on the shepherd, especially what's happening nowadays in all over the world with the coronavirus, COVID-19. Do you still trust that the shepherd protects you? Do you still trust you are well taken care of? I tell you, with any willful approach, at the entrance of the cave, the shepherd would immediately take a stick with fire and the wolf will run away and the sheep will be completely safe because the shepherd is always aware and alert and protecting the sheep from any danger. Look what is written in scripture in John chapter 9 verse 1. This is so much related to what we are talking about. Look what Jesus said. I am the door. By me, if any man enters, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastors. In other words, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. Our Lord himself is protecting us. Only Jesus Christ is the true shepherd. And we belong to him and he belongs to us would like to share with you another story about the sheep and the shepherds. And usually, who are the naughty sheep? The young ones, right? They want always to go far away and to run away. I used to be like that. Run away all the time and rebellious. And these are the young ones. And what happens usually, the shepherd have a staff. And his staff or his rod is made from the acacia tree in the wilderness which we're going to make more uh, podcasts about it and talk more in details about it. But remember in Psalm 23, it says, Your rod and your staff comforts me. Which means when a young lamb wants to go away or astray from the flock, the shepherd with his staff gently will put it back to the flock. One time, two time, the third time. You know what the shepherd do? He, if the lamb do not listen, and he will bring the lamb and hold it, and suddenly and surprisingly, he will catch one of its legs and break it, and the lamb will scream out. It hurts. It really hurts. But you know what? He will take the lamb then, the small one, and put it on his shoulders. Remember we saw the mosaic picture at the church just before we came to the cave, the first mosaic to the right side of the altar. It showed us a shepherd putting a small lamb on his shoulders. And probably you've seen this image before. And the shepherd will keep feeding her, feeding the lamb, feeding the lamb. You know what? In two weeks, it will be completely healed. And this lamb, the young lamb, will follow the shepherd and will be nearest to him wherever he goes. But just to tell you, if the lamb forgot about that lesson and continued to be back astray, he will take her again and broke her leg. You know what? Until when? Until the lamb learns a lesson to stay in the flock. And guess what? If the lamb learns the lesson, he will be all the time protected with the flock is the same thing in life mm. we need to stay in the flock we need to stay in the church and not to go astray and not to do things by ourselves as individuals we learn to learn and to do things to a community god always share things and talks to a community so 
These are only stories, simple stories from the culture and the customs and the context of Scripture to understand Jesus from the Middle Eastern eyes. By this time, I can see the people are getting tired and not absorbing so much information because they are inside the cave and there's not much clear breathe and it's not clean at all. And this is the time I can read my group and I will tell them I'm finishing and let us do something. And I ask from everyone, everyone to put the lights of the phones off and uh, it will be completely dark and I'll ask them for complete silence and I'll ask from them for all of us to worship together silent night silent night holy night all is calm all is bright round you virgin mother and child holy infant so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly peace after finishing worshiping the song everyone will be silent and they'll give like one or two minutes of silence and they can really really not only feel because not only feelings they will really experience and understand the verse in the bible about the sheep and the shepherds and what happened here and then after that, I'll tell them, follow me. We'll go outside. There's a view of the shepherd fields and give them 10 minutes break to take pictures of the views. And they are very lovely views, especially in March or April. There'll be a lot of green pastures all around the valley. And literally, I'll point for them the valley of the shepherd fields. After 15 minutes, I gather them all. And I uh, suggest for them to have really a group pictures with the background of uh, the shepherd fields and I gather all the group and I usually use one camera for that camera might belong to the leader of the group because I can't have like 30 or 40 cameras to take pictures and the leader of the group will send this picture to all the group members and we will walk together back all the way up through the archaeology through this monastery and from the fourth century and we're gonna continue all the way where the bus dropped us at the entrance of the church and from there the bus will drive us all together to the parking lot of bethlehem to go to the nativity church our next stop where jesus was born the nativity church i hope you enjoyed uh, this podcast and I hope you learned something new today during this tour. And please remember to share this podcast with your families, with your friends. And just if you can give me a review on that podcast uh, at iTunes, it will be much appreciated. And you can go also to my website, www.twinstours.org and you can go to the media section and on that website at the media section there is a lot of video teachings and you can also learn from them and also you can go to youtube and i have a channel on youtube just uh, put twins tours on youtube or put my name you will also have the uh, youtube videos of teachings from certain locations and from different sites in the country i have done with groups before and also remember my book one friday in jerusalem 
if you like to have a copy it's in amazon.com also the name of the book is one friday in jerusalem and you can find all the books i wrote before thank you so much <music>